Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. I want to thank Chaplain Williams for those thoughts this morning. <clears throat> Exodus chapter 3. Well, John read uh, some passages near the beginning of the chapter years ago now. Boy, I tell you. Years ago, it's funny how that statement changes the older we get. When, you, when you're younger and you say years ago, you mean one thing. When you get to be older and you say years ago, you mean another thing. And when you're younger, you can often say when it was those years ago, when it was. When you get older, it's just years ago because you have no idea when it actually was. Um, I really don't remember. It was, I'm going to say in the 2000s, though. Um, I was in uh, Germany. On Memorial Day, and um, there's a uh, there are a number of churches actually, uh, um, missionary churches in Germany, uh, ministering to Army and Air Force specifically, mostly Army and Air Force uh, there. And I had had an opportunity to go to a number of these churches and and preach, and I was asked if I would uh, do a Memorial Day message in a park in a in a in a park in a city in Germany. And so the people that were going to be present were the military, uh, the United States military that came, and then a bunch of Germans that were going to be present. And now think about, think about preaching a Memorial Day message in Germany. As we were walking into the par park, a, a dear, sweet German Christian lady, a little bit older, probably my age, you know what I'm saying, but she was a little bit older and seemed older to me then. She was walking beside me. And she said, uh, we don't have this Memorial Day uh, in Germany. Can you describe what Memorial Day is? And so we talked for a couple minutes, and I gave her a description of what the purpose of Memorial Day is, focusing that it was upon um, remembering those that have laid down their lives, those U.S. citizens who have laid down their lives, so that we could enjoy the freedoms that we have here in the United States of America. And uh, she was quiet for a second. And, you know, I, was, I had already considered this. Of course, I considered this a lot before I had preached this message. Uh, but I had already considered actually having conversations with anybody. I was thinking it would be after the message. And uh, she was quiet for a little bit. And she said, uh, she said with great remorse, she said, I guess your Memorial Day would be our forget day here in Germany. And what it caused me to realize was that she understood the gravity of the events that took place in World War II. And really, let me say this, by the way. World War II is, was not, uh, is not the history of a madman. It's really not what it is. It is what can happen in a nation when they get far enough away from the truth to believe the lie that they believed at that point. Uh, they were looking for a superman, if you will. They were looking for someone to come and to rescue them from their political woes. And that's what they got. Someone who came, and, and you cannot argue the fact that Hitler came and rescued them from their political woes, made them, quote unquote, a great nation for a period of time, for, for a few years, actually. Unfortunately, 
the nations around them, first Poland, but I mean, I mean, if you study World War II at all, the, the speed with which they took over nations is, is horrifying. And, the, and the, uh, um, the way that they struck, they, they, now listen, listen, listen. This was a group of people who considered themselves to be superior to others. Much like many, it appears, in the United States of America right now, who consider themselves to be above others in many ways. And it's, and it's, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking to see the lack of humility in the United States of America. It's heartbreaking to see the lack of humility in the churches in the United States of America. Um, what we're going to look at together this morning, it'll just take a couple of minutes. We, have, uh, we spent a good time together already. But I want you to look, in, uh, starting in Exodus chapter 3, and what I'd like you to do is recognize this. Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be wonderful, wouldn't it be wonderful if God gave us things that he would say specifically, I want you to remember this. In light of the fact that this is Memorial Day, wouldn't it be wonderful if the Bible talked about memorials? Now, we already know that it talks about at least one memorial, uh, and we can find that in Joshua, and we just looked at that. In the, in, the, in, the, in the case of what we looked at in Joshua, what Chaplin brought before us, this is an Ebenezer. This is a memorial of something that God had done in the children of Israel, that he wanted them to remember through something that was actually set up. And I think it's important in your life, I believe it's important in all of our lives, that as God gives you great victories, that you make a way, I'm not talking about an idol or anything like that, just some way of remembering it, some way of being able to bring it back to your mind later, so that you might be able to be, your faith might be increased by the word of God and by the power of God in your life, where God himself has given you victory, and you know it was God alone that gave you this victory. And one of the things that you'll find in the book of Psalms is when David went through difficulties, he encouraged himself in the Lord himself. Do you understand what I mean by that? What happens is this. David is going through a difficulty, and he remembers out loud what God has already done for him. I think it's important that we remember what God has done for us. Or, or we will find ourselves greatly weakened by the next tribulation, the next trial, the next difficulty that we go through. Now I'm just going to take a moment. I really am. Just a few minutes. But I want you to remember gonna, there are five things, five memorials. Now by the way, if you want to do this yourself, I mentioned this to a visitor today. So if you want to do this yourself, all you have to do is take a program, you can use a Strong's Concordance if you want to, but if you'll just take a Bible program and search for memorial in your Bible, you will find that what we're going to look at are the five memorials that are laid out for us at the beginning of the book of Exodus. So open, we're in Exodus chapter 3. What we're going to look at, the first one we're going to look at is the first time memorial is used, the second one is the second time, the third one is the third time. What we're going to look at is what God lays out at the very beginning in His Word, things He wants everyone to always, as an absolute, things he wants everyone, as an absolute, to always, as an absolute, remember. So let's look at those together. You can write these down. You'll be able to call them back. If I were you, I would go to the beginning of the book of Exodus right now. Go to the beginning of the book of Exodus in your Bible and write Exodus chapter 3, verse 15. Exodus 3, 15. And just write memorial. If you'll do that, then when you get to Exodus 3.15, when I give you the next reference, you can write somewhere on that page the next one. 
and then you can go to that one, and so on. Uh, that way you can follow your way through this again later, and you'll be able to see these memorials, and you'll be able to things with others in order for them to understand that there are things that God wants us all to know and all to remember. So now Brother John read in Exodus chapter 3 to, get, to give us some context and you recognize this is the burning bush. This is where God reveals himself to, to, um, uh, to, to Moses in the burning bush. And if you go back, I was just looking, if you go back to uh, verse 4 where John read it says, and the Lord saw when he turned aside, this is Moses turned aside and God called to him out of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here am I. Now what happens is this, in verses 7 and 8 we see what God is going to do. I have seen, I have heard, and I know. That's what God says, I see, I hear, and I know. And in verse 8 he says, and I am come down to deliver. Now honestly this is a message all in its own. God sees, God hears, and God knows what's going on in your life. But here's the really, really good news. He is come down to deliver. What a tremendous truth this is. Now what, what we're going to see together, if you go over to verse uh, 14, verse 14, and in, my, in my Bible it's right on the same page, right across from verse 7. It says, And God said to Moses, now this is what, let's go to verse 13, it'll help you. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come to the children of Israel, and say unto them, The God of our fathers has sent me unto you, and they shall say unto me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. And God said, Moreover unto Moses, Thus shalt thou say to the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me unto you. This is my name forever. And this is my memorial unto what? All generations. Now, does this not make perfect sense to you that the first thing that God wants us all to always remember is simply Him? God wants, listen, this is, I mean, honestly, when you see these points that we're getting ready to look at together today, you will be truly blessed and encouraged in the things that God wants you to remember. They're very simple things. They're very important things. They are very central to your entire salvation. And it begins where? Right where you would expect that it would begin. It begins with God himself. The first memorial that God wants us, wants us all to know and to always remember is who he is. Now he's seen here as the I am, the great I am. He's seen here as Jehovah. In your Bible you'll notice in verse 15 where it says the Lord God of your fathers. The word Lord there is the word Jehovah. So he is Jehovah and he says I want you to know that, listen, hear me, please hear me. God is not some vague mystical force or spirit. God is a very personal God. God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit, listen, we're going to see this together this morning. The promises that God has made, he made with himself first. This is really important to us because if, listen, if our promises, if our salvation had anything to do with our part of it, boy, would we be in trouble. Honestly, would we be in great trouble. Our part is this, to believe God at his word. All you have to do is believe God at what he says in his word, and that's it. Everything else he has to do. 
everything. He is the author and finisher of our faith. He is the first and the last. And what we see here is God at the very beginning says, what I want you to start with, what I want you to remember to begin with, is that it is me. I am the one doing this. I am the one that you need to focus on. Now, if you'll turn to uh, Exodus chapter 12 and verse 11. Exodus chapter 12 and verse 11. This will help us to set the context for the second one. Exodus chapter 12 and verse 11. I'm just going to read verse 11. And he's speaking. It says, And thus shall you eat it with your loins girded, with your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Ye shall eat it in haste. And you need to underline this. It is the Lord's Passover. It is the Lord's. Boy, how important this is. The Passover is, first of all, Godward. The Passover is first of all Godward. Because God the Father is satisfied with the offering, you can be satisfied with the offering. Do you understand? Because God the Father sees the blood of His Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, and is pleased with that offering, we can now be pleased with that offering. Do you understand that if all the world were pleased with the offering that Christ gave and the Father were not, it would do us no good at all? Because the blood was shed for us, but toward God, so that our sins could be paid for by our Lord Jesus Christ. When he pays for our sins, God the Father sees that payment, receives that payment, and says, I am pleased with this payment. Therefore, you and I no longer have to remain lost. Therefore, you and I no longer have to be estranged from God. We have peace with God through the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is the Lord's Passover. But go down a couple of verses later to verse 14, because what we're looking for, of course, is the word memorial. And this is making reference to that Passover. And this day, it says in verse 14, shall be unto you for a memorial. And ye shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. Ye shall keep it a feast by an ordinance, when? Forever. This is the second thing that, listen, I mean, honestly, honestly, I mean, it's like you just would make this up if you wanted to, right? It's like, you know, I think the first thing we ought, probably ought to focus on is God. And probably the second thing we ought to focus on is the blood. And guess what? That's exactly what God says. The first thing you need to focus on is God himself. The second thing you need to focus on is the blood that was shed for God on our behalf. Amen? The blood that covers us is the second thing that God wants you to Always remember. So tomorrow, now listen, tomorrow, tomorrow, instead of forgetting all that laid down their life for us, remember those that laid down their lives so that we could enjoy the freedoms that we have. And by the way, let me say this. It, is, it does not hinder the gospel for us to lift up, to exalt those who gave their lives that we might have the freedoms that we have. What it does is it magnifies the gospel because as great as laying down your life for somebody else is, greater than that is the Lord Jesus laying down his life for all of us. And as the chaplain said, we lay down our lives so that we could have physical freedom. But our Lord Jesus Christ laid down his life so that our souls could be set free. So our very being could be set free. The first thing God wants you to remember is what? Him. The second thing God wants you to remember is what? The blood. Now, turn with me from this point, just one chapter, Exodus chapter 13. Exodus chapter 13, and again, I'm just going in order. You can do this yourself, and you will find the same truth, and it will be a tremendous blessing, I believe, to you. Turn to Exodus chapter 13, beginning in verse 9. 
Exodus chapter 13, and we'll look at verse 9. Uh, all right, I'll tell you what. Let's look at verse 8. Again, for context. Exodus chapter 13, verse 8. And thou shalt show thy son in that day, saying, This is done because of that which the Lord did unto me when I came forth out of Egypt. And that shall be for a sign unto thee upon thine hand and for a memorial between thine eyes that the Lord's law may be in thy mouth. For, listen to this, with a strong hand hath the Lord brought thee out of Egypt. Thou therefore keep this ordinate in his season from year to year. So here, now again, so, what's the, so the first thing that God wants us to focus on is himself. The second thing that God wants us to focus on is the blood that set us free. The third thing that God wants us to focus on is his right arm. The power that sets you free. This is such a remarkable thing. Listen, the blood, the blood satisfied the Father. Therefore, the Father can make a difference between us and this wicked world that we live in and can then by his mighty right arm take us out of this evil world. What a tremendous and powerful truth this is. Listen, if you were saved by the church, if you were saved by a preacher, if you were saved by any men, group of men, women, group of women, if you were saved by any of these things, get rid of that salvation. That's not a real salvation. What you want to be saved by is God. What you want to be delivered by is the power of God and the power of God alone. Do you understand? It, listen, it is the responsibility of Christians, assembled Christians, a church like we're doing right here. It is, it is my responsibility as a pastor to exalt the Lord Jesus Christ in your presence so that you can know that God wants you to focus on Him, His blood, and His power to deliver you. Praise God. That's what God wants. And by the way, so what does he say? What are the first three memorials in your Bible? And the first one is what? God himself. The second one is the blood. And the third one is the powerful arm of God that saves us. Those are the things that God tells to focus on. Now, fourth. Fourth. Go to Exodus chapter 17. Exodus chapter 17. Now, once delivered, once delivered from this wicked world, wouldn't it be wonderful if this wicked world would then just leave us alone? don't count on it by the way let me say this christian you don't have to bother to get yourself into arguments and fights don't as a matter of fact don't be that kind of a person but what you will find is that the world is not going to leave you alone anyway there will be conflict in your life you don't have to be the one that makes the conflict the conflict will come to you it just will it will. This passage is going to make that clear to us. So let's go to Exodus chapter 17, Exodus chapter 17, and look together at verse 14. Exodus chapter 17 and verse 14. Now what I want to do, let's go back a little bit and, uh, and, let's, and let's set so we can see the context. Exodus chapter 17 and verse 8. Then came Amalek and fought with Israel at Rephidim. And Moses said unto Joshua, choose, out, choose us out men and go out and fight Amalek tomorrow. I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said unto him and fought Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass that when Moses held up his hands that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hands, Amalek prevailed. 
But Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone and put it under him. Basically, they gave him a chair. And he sat down thereon, and Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands. So what they did is they made him sit down, made him a little bit lower, and then they're going to hold up their hands. Now, by the way, don't be too bothered by this, okay? So what this proves is this, that, that, that you can only do this for so long. And the average charismatic has learned this too, by the way, okay? You can only do this for so long. You can only hold up your hands for so long. And what this points out is this, that we are incapable of providing the power necessary for the conflict that we find ourselves in. Now, there are, there are a couple of lessons that come from this. One is that we can lift up each other's hands and be involved in the conflict together and strengthen one another. But what you really will learn from this is this. It's a good thing that our God is the one who's ultimately providing the power in our life. And he's going to teach us this in this lesson. And Joshua discomforted Amalek and his people, this is verse 13, with the edge of the sword. That's, that's very discomforting, by the way. Joshua discomforted Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Very much discomfort indeed. And the Lord said unto Moses, listen, write this for a memorial in a book and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua. For I will, isn't this important? Underline that. For I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. So the memorial is, the memorial is that our enemies will never be remembered forever. So this is what God wants you to do. This is so wonderfully important. Now, by the way, did you notice this specific memorial is not for everybody? Did anybody notice that? Let's look at it again. Remember, the, the other memorials were for everyone always. But let's read it again carefully, and you notice the difference. And the Lord said unto Moses, write this for a memorial in a book, and rehearse it in the ears of who? Joshua. For I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. So, what, so listen, what is the difference in this? What is the difference in this specific memorial? And here's what it is. God will give victory over all of our enemies as we will walk in his service. Do you understand? Listen, listen. This is really important. If you will walk in your own will, if you will walk in your own way, your enemies will overcome you. But when you repent, when you repent, God will always rescue you from your enemies. But if you'll simply walk in the will of God, listen, the same God who saved you by power will keep you by what? Power. By his power. Now what you'll notice is this. God is making this very, very clear to who in this passage? Who is he making it clear to? Joshua. Why? Because jo who's going to take the children of Israel into the promised land? Joshua. So it's going to be important to Joshua as you enter into all the will of God for your life. Listen to me. When you enter in to all the will of God for your life, crossing Jordan is not going to heaven. Crossing Jordan is entering into the will of God for your life. When you enter into the will of God for your life, you will lead others into what God would have for them, into the rest that God would have for them. In the same way that you were set free, you will be able to be used of God so that others can be set free by the God whose blood and power will deliver them. Amen? But what he wants you to know in this is that while you're walking with him, doing this, he will defeat all of your enemies. Tell me that's not wonderful. 
What is it that God has called you to do? What ministry has God called you to be involved with? If God has called you to walk in it in the way that he calls Joshua to walk in the ministry that he gives him, then know this, God will put all the Amaleks down in your life. Do you understand? Whatever would come against you, whatever would come against you, you do not have to fight this battle yourself. We wrestle not with flesh and blood. You understand? Ours is not a wrestling with flesh and blood, but with powers and principalities and heavenly places, and our God defeats all of those. It is really wonderful, and it is really important to understand this. You do not have to be afraid to serve God with the same zeal, the same confidence that we find Joshua serving God with. Remember, it is in the book of Joshua that Chaplin pointed us to. When they crossed over, And they went into the promised land. When they got in there, they went back and said, by the way, I want 12 of you to go back in. And now they had crossed a river at flood stage. I fell into a river at flood flood, flood stage. When I was a a teenage boy, I was playing ball with my cousin. And it was uh, in Vermont, and the snow was melting. It hadn't melted all the way yet, but the snow was melting, so the rivers were rushing. And I, I jumped over a fence to grab a ball, and I caught my foot on the fence as I jumped over it. And I rolled down a hill into the river and just immediately swept me away. If it wasn't for the fact that I was able to grab a branch and my cousin was willing to come down the hill and, and, and help me out of the water, I would have frozen to death probably because the water was, was really, really cold. But the point is this. You couldn't cross, you cannot cross, cross a rushing river. You can't. Let me say this. Do you want to know why people are afraid to go into all the will of God for their life? Because all the will of God looks like a rushing river standing in front of you. And until you follow until you follow your high priest across that river, until the Ark of the Covenant stands in that water before you and lets it stand up and says, now, come on over into all my will for your life. See, you can go into the will of God for your, you can go into the will of God for your life because God promises to feed all of your foes. And when you stand before that terrible rushing river, don't go down to it in your own strength. Now, by the way, do you, can everybody picture this? Is everybody familiar enough with this account in your Bible, right? They're carrying the Ark of the Covenant, and the Levites are. And so you have a group of Levites, some in the front, some in the back, because they're carrying it on poles, right? And so they're carrying this like you would see somebody carry someone in a chair, which is really the idea that God sits in, on the mercy seat. Praise God, it's the mercy seat, amen? So they're getting ready to cross. Now, I want you to picture, they're crossing a river at flood stage. Now, again, the, when I fell in this river, the problem with the river was that where the banks normally are, they weren't. You want to know what the problem with that is? You have no idea where it gets deep when that happens because you don't know where the river changes. And so they step down. Can you imagine? I mean, you're, you're the, you know, I'm holding one pole, you're holding the other pole. We get to that river, and now it's time to step. And they stepped, and God made the river stand up. Isn't that amazing? I mean, does that not amaze you? When you fall, listen, hear me, I'm telling you, listen, this is really important to some of you. Some of you are entering into the will of God for your life. You've been saved, and now you're entering into the will of God for your life. When you get to that place, trust the mercy seat and step into the will of God for your life. And know that when you walk in the will of God, he will stand the river up, and he will defeat all of your enemies. So we see the person of God, the Passover of God, the power of God, the protection of God. And then lastly, we see one more thing. Turn to Exodus chapter 28. Exodus chapter 28. So what about this time? What about this time while you're entering into all the will of God for your life? 
What do you have? What keeping power do you have? Besides physical safety, what keeping power do you have? What protection do you have? And it's in Exodus chapter 28 and verse 12. Exodus chapter 28 and verse 12. Now we're studying Exodus on Tuesday nights, and I'd love for you to come out and join us if you want to. We're just getting to chapter 12. Lord willing, that's what will be this, this, uh, this Tuesday night. We'll be in chapter 12. In chapter 28, for those of you that have the outline in your mind, in chapter 28, listen, in chapter 28, what we're dealing with in chapter 28 of Exodus is that God makes provision, hear me, for the failures of those who have been delivered. God makes provision for the failures of those who have been delivered. Isn't that wonderful? Honestly, the same God that delivered you by blood and by power, the same God that promises to defeat all of your enemies knows that even with all of those advantages that we are going to fail. Wouldn't, I mean, honestly, how many of you would say it would be wonderful to just not fail all the time? Amen? Wouldn't it be honestly? It would just be wonderful not to have failure. Now, how many of you can say honestly as a testimony, a genuine testimony, I have found that God is working in my life to such a degree that there is not the same failure in my life all the time that there used to be. That there is victory in my life. And I thank God for that victory. It's not in my strength. It's very, very clearly not in my strength. But I testify that God is able to win victory in our life. Amen? Well, listen. There's still going to be failure. The Apostle Paul, at the end of his ministry, said that he had not what? arrived. Your GPS may arrive, okay, but the Apostle Paul never did, okay. Uh, he said he had not arrived. He had not, he had not become perfect. So long as we're here on this earth, we will never be perfect. Now, this corruptible is going to put on incorruption, amen, and praise God for that. There's going to be a wonderful, wonderful momentary. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we will all be changed. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, amen. I mean, and, and it's imminent, that's an I. It's imminent, okay? It's going to happen at any moment. At any moment, the trumpet could sound, and the bride of Christ is going to be called off the earth, and I'm going home. Amen? The dead in Christ will rise first, and then we which are alive and remain, we shall be caught up together with them in the air, and, and so shall we what? Ever be with our Lord. Amen? No sin in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ forever. Praise God. But this is not that time. And God knows that even though he will defeat all of your enemies, you will let your enemies have victory in your life sometimes. It should not be the case. It never has to be the case. We see so in Joshua's life, by the way. Joshua never had to lose a battle, but he did lose battles. So what happens when there's failure in your life? Let's look at this. Exodus chapter 28 and verse 12. It says, and thou shalt put... Now this is, by the way, this is in the garments of Aaron the high priest. What we're looking at in, in Exodus chapter 28 and verse 12 is the garments of the high priest Aaron himself, okay? And thou shalt put the two stones upon the shoulders of the ephod for, the, for, for stones, what? Of memorial unto the children of Israel and Aaron shall bear their names before the Lord upon his two shoulders for memorial. Isn't that amazing? Our Lord Jesus Christ ever liveth to make intercession for you. Your name, your great high priest, 
The only one that really counts. Your great high priest. If you're born again, if you're saved, your great high priest bears your name always before God the Father. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that wonderful? Listen, when you fail, and you will fail, when you fail, God doesn't fail, but when you fail, praise God, you have one that intercedes on your behalf all the time. Amen? Now, okay, that's it. That's it. That's, that's the message this morning. But let's look at what we've seen together this morning. The first thing that God, the, what is the first thing that God wants us to remember? And the first thing God wants us to remember is God. Yes? Isn't it amazing how God-centered the memorials are? The first thing that God wants you to remember is God. That's the first thing he wants you to remember, and he wants you to always remember that. The next thing he wants you to remember is the blood, the Passover. The person of God, the Passover of God. The first thing God wants you to remember is who he is. The second thing he wants you to remember is the blood. The third thing he wants you to remember is what? The power of God to deliver you. So, the God, so, so it's very easy. The first three things are very easy. The God who delivers by blood and by power. Amen? The God who delivers by blood and by power. That's the gospel right there. The God who delivers by blood and by power. And then the third thing is, I mean, excuse me, the fourth thing is, he will destroy all of our enemies as we walk with him. He will defeat all of our enemies as we walk with him. And then lastly, lastly, he ever liveth to make intercession for us until we get where we're going. Isn't that wonderful? The book of Exodus, in the book of Exodus, the book of Exodus can be summed up this way. God promises a complete deliverance for his children. God promises a complete deliverance for his children. Listen, but deliverance wouldn't be, is not complete until we arrive where we're going. Do you understand? It's not just enough to get us out. He's got to get us in also. That's our Lord Jesus Christ. That's our Savior. And as you enter into all the will of God, walking around right here on this earth, know this, your God will defeat your enemies, and where there is failure, he will never leave you nor forsake you. Because the Lord Jesus Christ ever liveth to make intercession for you. That's what we see. Those are the memorials. So, so listen, so tomorrow, tomorrow, while you're remembering those, and you should, you need to spend some time tomorrow remembering, being thankful, being grateful for those who have laid down their lives so that we could live in the freedoms that we have here in the United States of America. While you're doing that, remember these five memorials that God wants you to have before you all the time. Number one, he himself. Number two, the blood. Number three, his power. Four, three, his power. Number four, the fact that he will defeat all of our enemies as we walk with him. And number five, that he ever liveth to make intercession for us. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that you would cause your children to understand how complete a salvation we have. That we would rejoice in this, that we would never, ever, 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 believe that our good works have anything whatsoever to do with our salvation. That we would know that the good works that, have, that are in our lives have everything to do with the fact that you've already saved us, that we're already secure, and that you are working in our lives in such a way that others could behold the difference that you have made in our life. While you're conquering our enemies, while you're interceding on our behalf, Lord, we would serve you wonderfully. We would enter in, Lord, each and every one of us would enter into all the will of God for our lives, and that we would be confident, confident, knowing, Lord Jesus, that you ever live to make intercession for us. Father, we thank you for this provision, and we truly, truly look forward to being with you. In Jesus' name we pray.